Howdy, everybody, and welcome to yet another exciting edition of the Black Anime Nerds Podcast. I'm Max, your uh, resident uh, Conehead and admin, and I'm joined yeah. by my um, what, what? What were you guys? Oh yeah, the uh, the, the fuckies, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mr. Uh, Seku Barit. Number one simp. What's up? <laughs> and Mr. Brandon D. What's up, everybody? This podcast was brought to you by Mr. Daryl Antonio. <laughs> Thank you, Daryl. Um, yeah, so um, we're back this week. I'm ready to talk um, Jujutsu Kaisen, Episode 3, as well as some uh, other relevant anime news, including... Um, Demon Slayer slaying the box office this past weekend and um a um prominent webtoon creator making his return. So yeah, we'll just dive right in. Um episode three of Jujutsu Kaisen. We're finally introduced to our female lead and um we get our first uh adventure featuring her featuring her. Brandon, um what did you uh take away from the episode? I liked it a lot. Uh, Nobara's introduction was definitely worth the wait. She's very, very energetic and stuff. And she was, the moment that she saw Yuji and Megumi, he was like, the second they pulled up, he was like, oh, this dude's an idiot meathead. And this one's a silent, uh, studious type. I know I'm not going to get along with them. <laughs> and she was not having any of it, which I loved. And she, she's super independent and everything. And even though she has to work with everybody and stuff, but she handles herself extremely well, especially against those, um, curses that they were, uh, into, uh, exercising that building and stuff, how she dealt with the nails and stuff and had that little puppet doll thing that she used and killed that demon. Like it was nothing. It's crazy, and the animation was very beautiful for the cursed energy of her um, attacks and stuff. And Studio Mappa is killing it with the animations for these fights, these especially with Yuji using his uh, blade, killing that demon in the hallway, and the way they like angled his fight scenes and him punching and slicing and everything. It looked really clean and exceptional. So I'm really happy with this episode. Word up, Mr. Uh, Mr. Seku. What did you take away from episode three? Oh, this was definitely a fantastic episode. Um, I know most of the manga readers could agree that this episode with Nobara introduction and her slight backstory was perfect timing for like a little reminder because we finally got like part two of that backstory. So it was like, oh yeah, she did mention that older sister that, um, well, you know, quote unquote older sister that she loves. So that was definitely a good uh, reminder. Um, her introduction was flawless. Um, Crunchy Girl finally coming to the city. Um, seeing her extremely hyped. I do definitely love how she points out the two male leads, um, character tropes where she was like, man, that dude's just a meathead. And this dude's handsome, but Definitely the bro, um, the Brody type. So, not my type. Like, definitely the opposite of what you would expect. You know, the handsome guy on um, the girls always falling for the handsome guy. She's not with it. <laughs> um, 
definitely love her and Itadori interaction when it was in Tokyo. Um, just like trying to decide what kind of sushi they want, and they're just like all like they had that little moment where they just dressed up very quick, and it was it was pretty cool. Nice little um comedy stick in there. Um, Itadori amazing physical feast it still amazed me even watching the anime still it's like when he just broke through a wall like he's chasing like oh man i missed uh all right wherever we adapt you know it's like it's just crazy to see for sure yeah i really liked um nobara's intro and uh like like uh brandon mentioned um her the uh visuals for her cursed energy were super awesome I um thought it was cool kind of just um what uh, Gojo alluded to regarding um her experience like um we could kind of uh it was implied that she's had like quite a bit of experience with um curses and things of that nature but um the distinction of um going from like the country to like an urban environment and the changes and curses that was cool to see, um, to kind of see a, a curse that is fully aware of how weak it is and is willing to do whatever it takes, you know, to live. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> and, uh, Yuji's, um, his, uh, his, nat- his natural athleticism is still such like an interesting contrast to the world that we, we've seen so far. He's kind of a man amongst boys, even though he he is a boy himself. <laughs> it was great to see him uh, punch through that concrete wall. I was like, oh crap, I missed. That was super cool to see. And um, I mean, you guys mentioned it. I like the dynamic with with the trio is great, and they bounce off each other well. It was a nice kind of uh, setup episode, I guess. Nothing like like quote unquote amazing happened, but um it laid the kind of the necessary groundwork for the episodes to come, I feel like. Oh, definitely. And I like that um at the end of the episode Megami was just sulking in the back and Gojo was like, Oh, are you mad that we just left you in the background? You ain't get to do nothing on this trip. He's just like, whatever. He's like a sundere. He's just pouting about it and then just nodding his head. He's like, No, I'm just fine. <laughs> This is fine. Yeah. Man, as soon as he thought he had that moment to shine, he was like, uh-uh. Was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think they still got it. The homegirl came with that doll. was like, hey, pass me that arm. Bink. Yeah, that was no doubt dope. <laughs> yeah, and then what did you guys kind of, um, what did you guys think of the, um, geez, how, what, what do I call it? Like, um, the end of the episode, um, where we kind of saw an outro leading into the next episode about this like incident that, that takes place and, uh, somebody dies. Yeah, that was crazy because they set it up. They said this, uh, fetus is a, is a, uh, special grade cursed, uh, spirit that we have to deal with. And one student dies and I'm like, what is that all about? It's all great. that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, this is anime. So it's like, who really stays dead? But at this point, it's like, 
with the theme they're already going for, I honestly believe someone is definitely going to die. So we just have to see. But that fetus is already creepy as hell. So I can't imagine <laughs> what it's going to look like when it's hit its evolved state. <laughs> right. Uh, joining us uh, in the podcast is Mr. Uh, um, Nemo Bradley. Welcome, welcome. Well, Hello, everybody. How's he doing tonight? Good. Um, yeah, man. Um, episode three of Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, uh, what did you think? Um, it was nice to see the female lead get introduced into the series. Uh, one thing I definitely noticed about her, well, one thing in particular that Gojo said was that he had two recruits from like out on the countryside. But one thing I noticed about her was that it seemed like she was really uh, capable as far as gauging like the curses and like the magnitude and the level of the curse and kind of being able to succinctly deal with it. I, I thought that was really impressive. Seems like he's got some uh, pretty capable students on his hands. I mean, Yuji, of course, punching holes through walls, trying to snatch uh, cursed heads off is, you know, that's the thing in itself. But yeah, he definitely seems to have a, a trio of very capable students under his wing. And I'm definitely, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what the extent of their powers are. And also, you know, obviously everybody wants to know what he can do. So yeah, that's just about where I'm at with the series so far. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Like, um, like our our main character doesn't have any, um, hasn't learned any techniques yet. Gojo is like, here, take this knife, shank somebody. Um, <laughs> so it'll be kind of cool to see his development compared to everyone else who who has like already had like at least a few years of of training it'll be interesting to see how he catches up um, well he just he strikes me as sort of like an unflappable character like no matter what just kind of gets thrown in his way he's just like okay let's do this and I, I i like that about his character so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it as well no that's very true i mean all things considered like in the first episode when that giant curse monster was lumbering around he didn't really he's like oh Oh, that's different. It's like, like yeah. it didn't even really, it didn't really like phase him. He just kind of roll rolls with the punches. Yeah, it's a or you have to be like that, right? <laughs> like, yeah, like he, all things considered, he he's like fairly okay with uh, digesting fingers and having and uh, kind of sharing a body with somebody. Well, that's, I think that's the part that struck me the most as intriguing was the fact that, you know, like, okay, self-possession, you know, something enters your body and is like talking to you from the inside. Like, I don't think I would be able to just kind of like shrug that off. Like, oh, there's something wrong with my, I'm getting bad reception. Like, no, nah, dude, like I'd, I'd, I'd have to go talk to somebody. So like, yeah, it's very admirable that he could just kind of like, eh, I keep him in his place. You know what? Just put him in timeout. I, li- I like that about his character. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, Nemo, do, do you have any predictions um, uh, for the next episode? It seems like um, things are about to go down. Predictions for the next episode. I would have to go back and look at the end of the previous episode. Um, it's just been a sort of busy week. I just uh, got done traveling to Atlanta, so it's been a lot going on. 
But basically, it does seem like the team has been established so far. So everybody sort of has their where are you from, what's your basis of your power sort of thing. So what I'm looking forward to next week is probably expanding on, you know, maybe Mega Me's knowledge and maybe he shares a little bit with, you know, his two counterparts. And just as I said earlier, just seeing them expand their roles in the group and become more familiar with their their strategies and tactics as, you know, coordinated group. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, most definitely. Like, seems like we're about to kind of dive into the first uh, true arc of the story. So yeah, lot, lots to look forward to on that front. Um, I mean, it's pretty impressive. Um, we're only three episodes in, and um, Jujutsu Kaisen has uh, received a pretty nice boost in, in manga sales um, this past week. It sold almost uh, 400,000 copies in just one week, which is just pretty good business. Now, that's no no Demon Slayer or anything, but uh, um, that's impressive nonetheless. It'll be interesting to see um, what heights the series can uh, reach over the course of its first season. Oh, yes, Uh, I, I, I agree. I, I don't want anybody to think like I'm not like paying attention to the series or anything. It's just, as I stated last week, it's just a lot of good shows that's coming out. So it's hard to like sort of keep track of every minute detail. But I do oh, know yeah. that I do know that it's about to start wrapping up because we've gotten sort of that slow pace sort of uh, violin music sort of scenes out of the way. So now it's sort of time to get into the action. I get that. So I'm definitely looking forward to the scene progression. Most definitely. And yeah, um, like you said, um, this this fall season has has some pretty good uh, good content. Um, uh, what shows are are you uh, following right now, Nemo? I've been really just trailing after you guys. I mean, after Brandon recommended Kumakuma Bear, I've been watching that one really really closely. Uh, Noblesse was one that I really did not hear about before until this year. But I do like all of the characters. I call him powerless Ichigo, but it's the red hair guy who's like always beating up on people. He's like, yeah, I'll do whatever to protect my friends. And he's already got like the noble chick who's like eyeballing him. I, I really like the comedy in that show. It's, 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 it's really good. And, um, let's see. Obviously, King's Successor, Last Crusade, those shows, those adventure fantasy sort of shows by the grace of gods and I know you're, you're probably trying to hear me say that, but the, uh, the, the 80s movies flashbacks in the day I became a god, man. Oh, man. That just, that just hit the, the nostalgic nerve for me, man. I was just sitting there. I was like, I really got to go watch Edward Scissorhands now. Like it was so, it was so good. I, I really enjoyed that show. I know. I can read between the lines and I see people's comments in the group and they're all like, be ready and all that stuff. But I, I, every so often you need a little heartbreak, I think. So I'm, I'm, I'm down for the ride. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That one, that one's been fun. I mean, um, uh, it definitely is a, uh, June, uh, made a series, you know, they're, they're reeling us in with, with with the comedy and the wholesomeness, and um, uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what unfolds. I mean, uh, it's just when you make when you make the bold claim that um, your your series is going to be the most heart wrenching uh, anime of all time, that really sets sets the tone, you know. 
<laughs> I can think of animes that have like anime that have ripped me to shreds, like just watching them. And so I can only imagine, like, yeah, that's you wouldn't say that unless there's some basis behind the claim. So yeah, I'm definitely bracing myself, but I'm enjoying myself at the same time, which is what you know you kind of want from a show. So I like yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Gaseki, what what uh, shows are you watching this fall? Um, to not repeat everything, um, Nemo said for sure, Kuma Kuma. That was a pleasant surprise. Um, you know we re- we get a lot of isekai anime, so I try to dial down on some if I'm ready watching one. But man, Kuma Kuma, that's something else, man. I'm I'm definitely loving that. <laughs> I can't wait to episode 12 come out so I could do a versus battle against her and um, good old Maple if she could. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm ready to plan. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> for sure, mine, um, another one that I'm really loving right now is I'm Standing on a Million Lives. That, that's just a amazing series to me. Um, they're not really trapped in another world. They, um, along to complete their missions, then they're coming back to the normal world. But man, seeing this man becoming a farmer first and then a chef while everyone else become, could be a wizard and, uh, knights, it's definitely that level of comedy that I needed for a somewhat bloody, um, action show. I could definitely see this next round definitely going to be, um, progress is going to get progressively harder so this next round should definitely be more of a challenge yeah and that's pretty much it oh, oh and yeah. Dam- i forgot about damachi just a really good series season three i'm fine I, I, I like it a lot i would like to agree with you seku on uh the standing on a million lives thing i the one thing that i really enjoy about that show is being an avid gamer it really captures the essence of grinding out in a game because a lot of these games, these isekai sort of game-based ones, is like the good guy, he gets it done in one try and he never dies and he just ranks up and he gets these fucking awesome powers off the rip and he's just like OP. But these characters are dying, like a lot. And it just reminds me of my experience, you know, like sitting here with the controller, like sweating, trying to figure out a board. Like it's, it, it definitely provides that level of realism. That, you know, you don't, re- well, I haven't often seen in video game based, uh, isekai. So I, that's what really encaptured me about the show. I, I, I enjoy it as well. And the second you as well, Seku Damaki is definitely ramping up. Oh man. I love it. <laughs> is, um, is, is, uh, the current art anime arc, is that close to the, the end of the light novel? I can say that they are condensing it, but they are doing their best to stay to the source material. And it is, is actually really, really close. And it's, um, it's so close, in fact, that it's kind of worrisome to see how they're going to handle certain issues. Because as Danique pointed out last week, this show has never really been hesitant about like addressing certain issues that might be you know, skirted around in other anime genres, but yeah, it's, it's heading directly toward that sort of thing. And I want, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they handle it in the anime because, uh, it definitely is a line that I don't think has been crossed in the show. Like monsters belong in the dungeon. People are above the dungeon and that's just how it is. And so now we're crossing into this whole alien territory where the lines are really blurred and it's, uh, 
probably going to be some bloodshed. That's a, uh, yeah. Safe, safe. Uh-huh. Just, uh, on that point, I had a question for you because I, I keep forgetting to ask you. Mm-hmm. So they're obviously racist against monsters. Normal, right? They're in a war against monsters versus humans. The demi-humans, I thought at least the demi-humans would be more sympathetic for the monsters, but... I know exactly what you mean. Especially uh, Lily's attitude is so, like, it made me so sad to see Lily treating Vina that way because she's a prune, you know, and, you know, they get discriminated against just because of their size, and they get to pay supporters. And, like, Finn is really the only, like, high-ranked prune. So I thought Lily would definitely feel sympathetic towards her, but I think it just boils down to the fact that the people of Orario don't see monsters as beings. They are entities that are born of the dungeon, and Mm -hmm. therefore they are considered to be that scary topic less than people, you know, so that's where the whole, like, the tension comes from with this season. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be some people opposed, and they will more than likely opposed strongly as the best way I can put it without being a bad guy. Uh, like for sure, the intro definitely foreshadowed a certain fight between a certain two individuals. <laughs> so I'm excited to see how that works out. I doubt it's going to be a serious fight though, but hey, you are the light novel, so you know more than me. <laughs> I can say that when the moment comes where things seem to be climaxing, I can say that Bell will make us all proud. That's that's as far as I'll go. Bell makes us all proud. That's the best I do. I feel like there's uh, so much more. Um, I mean, the summer season had some quality shows, but it seems like the fall season, uh, I guess, has more depth, maybe. That's kind of what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of relatable characters, yeah. I, I think uh, mainly last season, I, I spent a lot of time looking for a show to be be attached to, whereas this team, this season, I, I just saw shows and I was like, oh yeah, watching that, watching that, add the cue list, add the cue list. I was just adding things. So yeah, I definitely feel like this season has more, uh, I think the word was depth. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a lot to choose from. I, I, I'm very grateful for it. You guys just reminded me when you just talk about that. IQ latest episode is the perfect example of actual depth. Like, yeah, the animation is less in quality um, compared to previous seasons, but the story is just as good or even better because Tanaka, oh boy. <laughs> I just watched a clip of that scene again and still gave me chills. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was trending on Twitter, I think, the day of that episode. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you posted it, and I was like, "What the hell is Tonica? And then it, uh, eventually it clicked when you guys told me to watch the latest episode. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, this is that big moment. Oh, I got to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what show was that in reference to again? Um, Haikyuu. Haikyuu? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, this is the show that everyone's talking about that I seem to be the only one missing the train on. I'm going to definitely give it uh, the old college try. And see if I like oh, it. I've never okay. had sport. I've never tried sports anime before, though. But I'm gonna definitely give it a shot. I hear nothing great thing. Definitely in the top five of the best sports anime of all times. Okay, I'm gonna say manga because anime not finished, but definitely the top five sports series I ever watched. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I couldn't ignore a glowing recommendation like that. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna definitely give it a shot.
Yeah. Um, in uh, other big news this week, um, you know, uh, I feel like I feel like at this point, um, we're all kind of uh, desensitized to uh, Demon Slayer's success, um, just because it seems like it breaks some sort of record pretty much almost every week. Um, <laughs> this past week was no different. Um, the Demon Slayer movie um, sold made more than uh, 4 billion yen um, at the Japanese box office this past weekend, which equates to 43 to 44 million uh, U.S. dollars, which is uh, a huge haul in Japan uh, for the opening weekend. Uh, completely shattered um, uh, the previous record there. <laughs> the country made the decision to um, lift movie theater restrictions ju just for this release, um, which is crazy. Uh, just, yeah, another feather in the ha in the cap for Demon Slayer. I mean, um, what more really can be, be said at this point? Um, uh, Brandon, uh, what were your, what was your reaction to that news? Yeah, that was insane. They lifted the COVID restrictions for this movie for a two day weekend release. And it's like, People are actually dying over Demon Slayer. Some people are going to die over Demon Slayer. Having full <laughs> theaters and everything. I mean, I get it with the merch and everything. You want that experience and all, but damn, I mean, <laughs> lifting restrictions to go see this. Because when I heard $4 billion, I'm like, that can't be right. But with all the success Demon Slayer has been having over the past year and a half, it doesn't surprise me at this point. I mean, that's insane that they were able to sell that much in a span of just a couple of days. Imagine with a worldwide uh, release nowadays, that probably shatter even more records if they did it a uh, global release, if they pulled the same restrictions for uh, COVID around the world and stuff. Um, to add on to the possible reason why it hit that four billion, I was told that you know how you go to a movie theater, popular movie comes out, and it's in like one screening room, right? Go to screening room eight for at this hour. Well, for Demon Slayer, I guess pre-sales was so high that they opened up four screening rooms per hour for those um hour for those two hours time frame. You know, so it's not. So that definitely helped a lot. I can imagine all four of those screen rooms was filled to the brim because everyone wanted to watch it the release night, you know? Yeah, like yeah. some of those, uh, like some of the uh, images released of like the giant lines just um, um, shooting out of the of the movie theater. Um, like this, this franchise just really resonates with like the country. I mean. It's it's hard to envision something close like the closest like thing that I can think of that um, that kind of matches this um, is maybe 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 uh, early uh, Pokemania in in the in the late nineties maybe that's like the only thing I can that's like the only comparable thing I can think of with where something was in uh, so much demand I mean as crazy successful as one piece has been like um, the height of like one piece has never uh, experienced anything like this. It's more of like a, like a long form consistent success with that series. Whereas this is just like a tidal wave 
Yeah, uh, uh, Nemo, what, what, what was kind of your reaction to uh, Demon Slayer's uh, record-setting weekend? Well, to say I was surprised would be a little bit of a falsehood. I, I could definitely see the fan base. Well, with how rabid it is over here, I could definitely see their fan base surging through the movie theater lines trying to get inside. But I just, once you get in the billions, that's no that's no small number, no, no matter how you slice it. So I was definitely impressed. And as a fan of the show, you know, you definitely want to see success outside of the small screen so that you can have that hope that we get to return to the small screen for another season or whatever, OVAs or what have you. So I, I was definitely uh, uplifted and I was glad to see such a, you know, resonating effect that it's having in Japan. And I can only imagine, you know, the ripple effect sort of thing we're going to see here once it releases in on the platforms in America, because I know, you know, that's the one series that, You'd be hard pressed to find anybody to try to say anything bad about it. And if they do, they're probably just trying to like get attention in the wrong sort of way or something like that. But for the most part, everybody loves that show. So I'm, I'm really excited for what the future holds for it. Absolutely. And, um, maybe for you guys, uh, what do you guys, uh, think has made that, um, series, um, like so successful? Like what, what about that, that series, um, uh, resonates um, with the anime community. Seiko, do you have any thoughts on that? Honestly, it seems pretty shocking to me <laughs> because a lot of people always boil it down to the animation is amazing, right? But right. this is more like brand new animation to at least to me. Like the Fate series is literally by the same studios and in, in my opinion better animation. Is it that the Fate series not as popular because it's a little complicated to join in but then you will go to what about the Kyoto series Kyoto series is extremely beautiful but then they will go back to but do they have hands right so, right. so I guess that's what Demon Slayer comes in with amazing animation amazing hands and is a brand new series so there's no complication joining in so that's probably the biggest draw for that. Definitely. Um, uh, Brandon, uh, what's your take? Uh, definitely everything like hit right on the note, especially for the voice actors and especially how the uh, characters bounce off each other with the interactions with Zenitsu, um, Tanjiro, and uh, <laughs> Inosuke and everything, how they're just a wild trio and just fooling around and just genuinely trying to have a good time. All demons are just messing everything up and just killing and eating people. I think it's just nice to see that super sweet protagonist like Tanjiro, who's just trying to do his best to help save his sister and everything. It just feels like a breath of fresh air. And, and the animation definitely helps significantly, but I really like the character interactions for the most part. That's the part that really helps me with um, carrying the series. And the supported cast is also super um, memorable. I love all their designs and stuff. Um, there's nothing else I can really think of. Um, all in all, just... Uh, how the characters bounce off and voice actors just killed it, especially for um, uh, Inosuke with how much uh, emotion that they're able to put into his character and everything with all the yelling he does and stuff. So I think that was definitely a good fit. 
Yeah, you mentioned Inosuke's voice actor, um, Yoshitsugu uh, Mitsuka. That guy probably has some some of the best uh, range of um, <laughs> of any character I can think of. Um, so yeah, he you, plays. You, you, you guys uh, are visualizing uh, Inosuke's voice in your head right now. <laughs> um, yeah, but the voice actor um, actually voiced. Uh, Voices another character that you guys uh, recently talked talked about. Um, Bell from Dan Maki. That's the same guy. Oh my god! I was like, where do I recognize his voice from? It's only when he sounds panicked, though. It's only when he's doing that like scrapey, screamy type yell where he's freaking out. But I was like, where have I heard Bell's voice from? Yeah, so it's wild. Um, he um, so he so he voices Bell. Kirito from Sword Art Online, Soma from Food Wars. What, is it um, Sora from No Game No Life? That's the MC, right? Yes. Yeah. He vo- he voices him. Uh, the guy's name escapes me at the moment, but he but he vo- he also voices the um, MC from um, uh, Quintessential Quintuplets, and um, probably the craziest one of all in my opinion is um beetlejuice from re-zero <laughs> I, I instantly thought beetlejuice i was like huh <laughs> what you did a dub i love beetlejuice from re-zero voice actor that whole that's oh man that was that made him my favorite character <laughs> <laughs> yeah um Sorry for that tangent, but yeah, that guy is a great voice actor and has just a lot of uh, a lot of range, obviously, based on the characters that he, he's voiced. Man, what were we talking about before? My train of thought was uh, derailed. Um, what made Demon Slayer popular? Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you guys all added some great points. Um. All stuff that I was going to add to. Um, I would also add composing. Uh, the soundtrack was a huge factor. I think. <laughs> Her name escapes me at the moment, but the but the composer for the uh, series, she did a fantastic job. Um, like throughout the the entire series, um, and um, as we all know, the the uber uber famous um episode 19 scene that special insert song just phenomenal like so many so many things had to just came together at at the perfect time that made this series um like a, a truly special one um even even something like uh like like the opening i feel like uh lisa's uh Gurenge opening played a role in the series success too i mean for like random like celebrities like like brendan yuri of panic at the disco to on one of his uh twitch streams to just be belting uh uh belting that song and listening to that song i mean uh, there, there's not very many um anime out there with that sort of uh reach i feel like so yeah, I mean, I, I, we could probably like talk for hours about about that, but um, yeah, uh, Demon Slayer continues to slay, and um, 
Hopefully, um, it's looking like we'll get a U.S. release probably in January or February. So, um, whether or not until then we'll we'll risk we'll we'll risk it. Um, <laughs> um, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about uh, risking the Rona to go see this movie. <laughs> risking it all. <laughs> but yeah. Um, uh, we'll try to keep you posted on a, an official release date for that. Um, in other uh, huge news, um, Tower of Gods uh, creator, uh, CU, uh, announced on a blog post that um, he's hoping um, to return from his hiatus um, uh, mid-November, which would be great. Um, I want to say... It was a month ago he made the announcement that he was going to step away from the series due to his health, and uh, now it looks like he's on track to come back. Uh, Brandon, uh, what did you think about the announcement of uh, his return? I'm just glad he was able to get whatever he was troubling him. I'm glad he was able to get through it because more than often not, you'll see artists uh, push themselves to absolute limits, and you see – Many times in the manga and um, illustration industry that they often work themselves to the point of, like, exhaustion or illness and whatnot. I'm just glad that he took care of himself before he took priority over the series because, especially with, um, I think it was his mental health that he was also concerned about. I'm just glad he was able to focus on recuperating and everything because most of the time it will often affect the quality down the road. And you don't want to prolong your health situations, especially when writing a very long series like Tower of God, which has over 400 chapters as of right now. I'm just glad that he took care of himself and was able to take that time to get things sorted out and make sure he was in place before he decided to finish his work. For sure. It's good to have him back. Um, uh, Seiku, what did you think? Oh, I definitely am hyped because I literally caught up to the webtoon when he just announced that he's going to go on hiatus. So I was a little bit hurt about that. But for sure, now that I know that he's coming back, I am 100% all right with him taking, if he needs it, another four months of just R&R because he's definitely been going nonstop. I'm not sure if you guys know, like, the Korean customs, but usually um, Korean citizens, they have to join the Korean army from, like, between the age of 18 to 28. That's the time you have to join for at least, let's say, at least four years. So he uh, did Tower of God before when he was, like, a teenager, you know, early teenager. So during... uh, he had to join the army, even though he was releasing series, and he worked it out with the government somehow to still be able to release chapters while also doing his military duties. And as a man in the military, I know for a fact that is a lot. So uh, it's very insane that he wasn't—he didn't go on break just for that. So I could definitely see how this is taxing on him for going strong for ten plus years of just coming out with amazing content and around like what 
after like five, six years, his art style just suddenly changed for like the better. Like his art, you notice that it's steadily approved every hundred chapters so too now it's just gorgeous to look at so i definitely see his hard work sweat and tears into this work so i'm definitely happy he's coming back but definitely don't want another hunter hunter situation on us so if he needs to take another six months in between um hey more power to you yeah hopefully uh uh, we can continue to kind of avoid a situation like that um it seems uh creators uh modern creators are taking better care of themselves and even some of them um like o- like oda ichiro oda uh the one piece mangaka um the past couple years he's um restructured the schedule to where he takes um a week off each month just because the absolutely insane work schedule that these guys guys and girls have like i feel like realistically it's like unsustainable like the like i'm i'm kind of shocked that the burnout rate isn't even higher than uh it already is but um yeah hopefully cu is um coming back strong and i'm hoping uh that he's not uh coming back too early that he just feels feels healthy and ready to roll again yeah i mean um uh, nemo did you have any uh, uh thoughts on that you'd like to add Oh, well, no, I was just saying, um, I, I know that any, uh, mental fatigue could definitely wear down on a, on a creator and that, you know, if, if you want the best product that you, you want your creator to be at their best. So I'm definitely supportive of any, any, um, manga artist or, or anime creator that, you know, takes time for themselves so that they can make the best product that they can. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I hope he's, um, coming back uh at 100% and um I mean the uh community definitely supports him so it'll be great uh to see him return yeah and uh with that um I think that about does it uh for us this week unless you guys have anything you'd like to add the only thing I have to add is sorry (laughs) no you can go ahead okay the only thing I have to add is how hype I am that Horimiya is coming back with, with that anime. Most definitely going to be done right this time. <laughs> January cannot come soon enough. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that one, especially since I didn't uh, uh, watch the um, the OVAs at all. I'm looking forward to the full the full season. Yeah, there was um, uh, one show that uh, didn't get mentioned that I'm going to bring up now. It's called Akudama Drive that's, uh, that came out this season. It's really, really good. Imagine Cyberpunk 2020, uh, 2077, uh, uh, video game mixed with Future Diary anime, and that's Akudama Drive. It's, it escalates so quickly from episode one to episode two. But it's the story is easy to follow, but it escalates so quickly, and I feel as though the group would really enjoy that series, especially with a lot of mysteries and a lot of explosions and fight scenes and stuff. It's insane. Yeah, if you're a fan of uh, Danganronpa, um, uh, you'll definitely want to give that that series a, a watch. It's from the same creator. Well, perfect. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, once again, this is your uh, 
Conehead admin, uh, Max. And, um, <laughs> I was joined by, um, three of our, uh, fuckies, Mr. Seku Bari. See you guys. Mr. Brandon D. Bye y'all. <laughs> and, and Mr. Nemo Bradley. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening this week and, uh, we'll catch you next time.